0: hi everyone welcome to season two of better in bed the podcast where we talk about sex and inspire you to get better at it so how confident a lover are you You know, there's a quiz that you can take on my Sense website that will help you figure it out. So get on there, take it, because you'll also get exclusive access to all the other sex positive resources that I create on a regular basis from blogs, workshops, talks, social media and podcasts. So today we are doing a very special episode format called Your Sex and Relationship Questions Answered, where Me and a guest will tackle some of the most common relationship and sex questions that get sent by you to us. So my guest who will be helping me answer these questions is Valentina Tudos. She's a relationship coach and clinical hypnotherapist from Happy Ever After who helps singles find the love of their life and couples deepen their intimacy and connection. You heard her previously on this show, on my other question and answer formats, and actually she appears quite regularly with me on lots of talks and panels and so on. So Valentina and I are answering questions today around the theme of loss of desire and mismatched libidos. Thanks for sending us all of your questions, you guys. Let's dive in. So first question. Our sex life has taken a nosedive since we had a baby a year ago. We actually have a very happy life, except that there's no sex. For some reason, there is a lack of motivation. Maybe it's tiredness. Maybe it's our move to Hong Kong. I'm definitely in the mood for it more often than she is. I'm hesitant to bring it up with my partner as I'm afraid that it will lead to conflict. we fought about this in the past. How can I get her to work on our sex life together? That is such a common situation. Very common. And and a very common thing to happen after babies as well because as we know, babies are... Time-sucking, (laughs) sleep-sucking.
1: My favorite way of describing it is (laughs) is to to quote Esther Perel, who says children are a catastrophe for a relationship. So Uh, people think twice before you get pregnant.
0: (laughs) uh, For your sex life, particularly. For lovers, that's what I mean. Not for a relationship, but for
1: your connection as lovers. Yes. Children do disturb that balance. Yeah. And it takes a long time to maybe never to get it back to where it was. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that you cannot build a completely different sexual relationship with your partner after children. Mm. Sex after children is a thing. It does exist. It does happen. Otherwise, people would not have second children and third. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely does happen. (laughs) I would hope so. Gosh. (laughs) But it is true that it takes a while to get back into the swing of things.
0: Right. And it. And the nature of that sex might be quite different as well. It doesn't mean that one is worse or than the other, but, you know, things like spontaneity, you know, tends to be much more difficult when you have children and stuff, you know.
1: Certainly there are more challenges. Certainly
0: there's more challenges. and And the fact that, you know, usually if you have children in the house, you know, the sort of bang down the door, yeah. uh,
1: you know, your kid will sleep with you in the same room exactly or in the same bed for three or four years.
0: Type of sex, you know, also may not be happening that
1: often anymore. Yeah. But this is why Um, when this change occurs, you need to be a lot more conscious and a lot more deliberate about your sex life.
0: And a lot more prepared. I think a lot of people, you know, they just don't think about it and i think it comes from the assumption really that a lot of us have that sex is always supposed to be this easy effortless spontaneous, spontaneous thing that just that- magically happens and then if it doesn't spontaneously magically you know happen then there's something wrong and there's something broken and i think that's a real
1: myth oh 100% yeah but it's led by also the biology of relationships, if you think about it. Mm. In the beginning, when we meet someone, we do want to jump their bones all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just how Mother Nature makes sure we get pregnant makes sure we get pregnant. Yes. Right? Yeah. By by stimulating us to have a lot of sex, yeah. eventually it will happen we will get pregnant. Because yes. that's Mother Nature's real goal. Yeah. She doesn't care about how many times we come. <laughs> <laughs> she only cares about how many little kids come into the world. Agree. But when you've had a child, you've already moved past that biological need for procreation. Mm. So sex become becomes more conscious, more of a of an intimacy building device mm-hmm. in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be approached differently. You need to understand as partners that it takes a lot more preparation, and that is not that the attraction has decreased. Mm-hmm. You've that you've just moved to a different stage of your relationship, mm-hmm. which is called attachment, mm-hmm. and sex is a very powerful element of that attachment because it creates the bond. Every time mm-hmm. you have sex with your partner, you get reattached to them, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But That's why you have to have sex even after babies. You definitely have to have sex. And it
0: sounds like the person who wrote in wants to have sex. However, maybe his wife or partner is, you know, reluctant to. So, a few things is firstly, you know, obviously, you have to have a conversation about your sex life. And it sounds like maybe he's brought it up in the past, but it was not very productive because it was a source of conflict for them. So it really makes me think, how did you bring it up? Exactly. You know, if if you bring up these conversations around sex where it's more like a, we don't have sex anymore, sort of critique
1: or, or or maybe not even having a conversation but yeah. kind of hoping to jump back right into the routine the pre-baby routine yeah which is no longer you know I always laugh with my clients usually my couple clients when I say and everybody laughs in the room if I'm if I'm making this conversation like every woman knows that there are certain gestures certain touches that you know means my husband wants sex yeah and if you're no longer in, and also the timing. I mean, seriously, if you're doing the dishes Mm -hmm. or if you're changing diapers, if he comes and kisses your neck and you know that him kisses (laughs) your neck means he wants sex, I'm like, how can you not bleeding see that I'm doing something that is a little, this this baby is crying. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's really an adjustment that needs to happen for both partners and a conscious conversation around it. Also compassion. That
0: conversation, I think, really making it compassionate, making it about both of you as a couple, not just, I want this. And I'm not getting it. I'm not I'm getting unhappy. it. and Because that's in some ways a form of pressure to the other person. Also being able to understand your partner's reasons for why she may not be in the mood. You know, it doesn't say, oh, it says you have a one-year-old baby, but... You know, the kind of changes that go through with a woman's body, she may not feel confident with her postpartum body. There's so many reasons, right, why she could yeah. be not in the mood, right? It, it could be she's not just getting enough sleep.
1: She's usually a combination of those things, exactly. you know. So, she hasn't slept in weeks. Correct. Uh, The baby cries all the time and they're worried that banging on the bed might actually wake the baby up. It has to be kind of like a team conversation
0: where it's like, okay, we really realize the importance that sex plays in our lives. And without it, we lack intimacy, we lack connection, we lack all of those things. And then how can we make it better? Like by really just almost like sitting down and identifying all of the blocks right now. Is it sleep? Is it the fact that, you know, or is it a uh, lack of privacy? Is it all the things that you, and then I think go down the list and then start really thinking about solutions for all of them.
1: In my sessions with clients, because, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you have the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We address a lot of this and the things that, come up as themes is Mm. usually the woman has the same needs, you know, she still wants sex, she still wants the connection, she still wants the intimacy, mm. but is not able to respond to it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And what I try to explain to my clients in these situations is that actually the nature of desire between men and women is very different. For men, there is a lot of spontaneous desire, mm-hmm. you know, like I think about sex, I've got an erection. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a bit like that, you know, yeah. and it can be brought on by watching football or whatever. Yeah. Especially after a longer time as being part of the couple, the female desire tends to be much more responsive rather Mm -hmm. than spontaneous. It doesn't mean that we don't get horny when we don't feel like, okay, right now I I need to have sex. Yeah. But most of the time, especially as our attention is focused on raising a baby, mm-hmm. breastfeeding, you know, changing diapers and things, the responsive desire can be triggered with a lot of compassion, with a lot of conversation, with a lot of making sure that the timing is right mm-hmm. and or that you actually have a conversation. So I make plans with my clients to say, okay, so let's think about at what point in your daily life now can you fit in sex realistically? And what signals can you give each other? And how can you as the partner, the male partner, trigger this responsive desire? Because you're going to need to learn a different way of doing it than what you were doing before. First thing, scheduling is very important to parents.
0: This is absolutely true. So schedule something (laughs) that is a date night or a staycation staycation or something. Make sure you've got all of the relevant child uh, sort of minding (laughs) facilities in place. And then secondly is then when you're in that situation is if you're trying to trigger responsive desire, one of the things is having a no commitment to outcome mindset. And by that, I mean is all you really have to do is actually just start initiating some kind of foreplay and then just keep checking in with your partner. It may to or may not go all the way. Correct. To see if they're enjoying it or to see if they want to carry on. And in some cases, in people who have responsive desire, that just that investment in foreplay and be able to sort of immerse themselves into that mindset, they'll be able to then say, yeah, let's keep going. But… You're right. It may not also go that way. So sometimes you also have to broaden your idea of what intimacy means. Exactly. And it could actually just mean that you guys just have foreplay and you
1: cuddle and you kiss and. And you slowly redevelop that bond yeah. that will lead to sex. You know, I had this story, funny story, with, the, with a couple that I was working with. I think their daughter was like maybe 10 months old or 11 months old. And they hadn't had any sex for literally no sex mm-hmm. for 10 months. And they did try to have a stage. But then of course the baby was sick. So we were planning of how it was going to happen and we were Mm. kind of working on strategies and then one day they come to the session and they go we had sex. I'm like, oh, how did that happen? It's like, well, it kind of just happened, you know the baby was asleep and we were like in the other room and we kind of looked at each other and, Mm. you know, we just had a quickie and that was perfect. It was so amazing. Yeah, So sometimes it's just going with the flow. Yeah. Other times, the more you plan, the less it works. Yeah. But just being committed to reconnecting and having a conversation and saying, okay, I need more than what's happening now. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting pressure on you, but I feel that we are not, you know, and of course, there's a lot of reasons to feel disconnected when a baby is coming between the two of you. But it's the conscious effort of building something that leads to a sexual Mm -hmm. connection again.
0: And to be honest, I always find with, with these conversations, It's better not to just focus on the logistics, not to be like, oh, last time we had sex was like six months ago. Mm -hmm. We only have sex for like three minutes now, but rather to focus on the feelings and the connections that you have. So ask questions and say like, you know, it's more like I want to feel more connected to you. Like, how can we do that as opposed to, yeah.
1: Well, we both agree that sex is not about orgasm,
0: like lo- logistics, exactly. exactly. So, and yeah, and be more flexible about your definition of sex and your definition of you know how
1: you're actually connecting with each other. Not having been a mother, I cannot Mm. really um, say this as a personal experience, but apparently the way a woman experiences sex and orgasm Mm -hmm. can change after a baby. Of course, yeah. Like, Uh obviously, there's there's physical changes in the genitals, but also you know, you've just had a ball that came out of your (laughs) your vagina. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So it's a kind of can be, it can be a a positive change. It it can trigger much more powerful orgasms Mm. and all that. But it's almost like you have to relearn your uh, lovemaking experience as a couple. Yeah. I think on so many levels. On
0: that note, I, I wanted to say as well, you know, something that
1: you can do as a supportive partner
0: is to probably encourage your wife or partner to have a bit more me time Mm -hmm. because I think in that exploration of who she is as a new mother, you know, there's a lot that's going on in just in your brain, in your heart, everywhere, in your body. And being able to actually have enough time for her to, you know, be by herself actually will also help her maybe reignite some of her her sexual desire as well. A lot of the times, you know, with new mothers, you you get into the whole, uh, like, there's absolutely no me time. Everything is about baby right now. And that sometimes is is very bad for the libido in general.
1: I think also in general, Mm. becoming, uh, again, this is something that comes up a lot is, New fathers don't really know how to help with the child, Mm. but new mothers really want them to, one, build the connection and Mm. they want to know that they have a partner to help with the baby. So if you've ignored me all day, you've been on your phone and you've been doing whatever Mm -hmm. and I've been desperately trying to put the baby to bed and all that and then you kind of come and pat me on the back and (coughs) want to get me in the bedroom. Yeah. No jam, that's not gonna happen. So, you right? know what they
0: call that? They call it chore play. Have you heard <laughs> of that? Have you heard of that term? So, chore play is this idea that if you do the chores, like let's say washing the dishes or like helping putting, me change the divers, yeah, helping me change the divers, or like putting it can lead to in. it, can lead to it is a form of foreplay. That's it all is. I'm saying.
1: <laughs> but it's because you're in it together, it's teamwork which leads to connection, which leads to. Yeah. We've both been spending time cleaning shit off the baby's bum for the last two hours. Of course, that's going to put you in the mood for (laughs) sex because you've had a bonding experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's obviously there's a lot that needs to happen outside of the bedroom Mm -hmm. to improve things in the bedroom in these situations. Absolutely. Next question.
0: My wife and I are in our 30s and healthy. For years now, I've had a far stronger libido than her. It seems to be getting worse. I have a fairly open definition of sex, but we are just not having it. When we do have sex, it tends to be the same every time. And she has very little enthusiasm or passion. It's very orgasm-focused which means that we both have orgasms as quickly as possible, then it's over. I'm losing hope. We've talked about it, and she just doesn't have interest in it like I do. Of course, that wasn't always the case. She's seen her doctor, and there's no medical or medication issues. Is there anything that could work? I'm getting despondent over this, which only makes everything worse. I feel like... There's nothing even to talk about at this point. She's not super amenable to marriage or sex therapy either, which I think stems from a lack of interest in sex in general.
1: I think the, the key point in this um, is the, the information in the brackets, that mm-hmm. it hasn't always been that way. Yeah, That obviously in the beginning of their relationship, sex was good. Mm-hmm. There was a time where mm-hmm. they were more aligned in yeah. their desire and interest in sex. But for some reason, something has reduced her... Shifted, yeah. Yeah, her interest in this. And it could be, in my experience, it tends to be related to intimacy. Because for women, I think it's more important that you build intimacy that leads to sex. For men, sex leads to intimacy, which is kind of weird. But it's also... Yeah, maybe, maybe. So again, the whole idea that we talked about before about spontaneous and responsive desire, mm. she doesn't sound like she's very responsive. And mm. it may be that he has expectations that everything has to be spontaneous and they're not really approaching the conversation with a productive attitude there may be Mm -hmm. you know it's maybe too much complaining it's too much i'm not getting enough of what i need you're not giving me enough and then that tends to be like well Mm -hmm. you're not fulfilling other needs so i'm not going to bother fulfilling yours in this space so i think again it's a broader conversation about unmet needs in this relationship and also you know there are a lot of assumptions about sex that we we go into these routines Mm -hmm. and Yeah, maybe she responds to, you know, if I'm not Mm -hmm. interested in sex, if I do it quickly and we both come and then I can just like Mm -hmm. go home or, you know, go out and do the dishes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot of mindset issues, a lot Mm -hmm. of assumptions and unspoken agreements Mm -hmm. that can be challenged. Being the partner
0: for myself, who is usually higher libido anyway in most of my relationships, I feel for this person a lot. But I would say that the one thing I think that's maybe different from I, I, all of the things that we said before apply. So please have a conversation <laughs> with your wife. Make it a vulnerable conversation about your needs for connection, not just about your we haven't done this, we haven't done that kind of conversation. But I would say as well is to make sure that you are having the sex that is worth craving? Because this is something that maybe I picked up a little bit from what he's saying here. It's very orgasm focused. We both have orgasms as quickly as possible, then it's over. And I think you might have fallen into that pattern because obviously when you're not having enough sex, and the the minute that you are you know the rare occasion where you are allowed to have sex you are like all over it and it's like you're super excited and then you rush into it and then it's you know let me just get my orgasm in as possible because it's like you it's like because you're starving right that you're exactly. essentially starving and i think my piece of advice on this one is is probably to just not do that is to really not rush into the sex like you're starving, but to really make sure that you're actually spending time to make sex a really enjoyable experience experience for the both of you that, you know, you're finding new ways of having it, you know, you're keeping it fresh, you're uh, changing things up and, you know, maybe don't even just default to intercourse every time you have sex you know maybe try new things like uh, I I think a lot of the times novelty is very important in the bedroom if you want to keep desire high you know for each other and if you know she might actually just be bored or exactly or jaded by doing the same thing over over and over and just you know there's very little Orgasm-oriented pleasure. sex exactly. is not... There's very little pleasure in that. Just like, hey, I'm just lie here and spread my legs and have an orgasm and then roll over, fall asleep. Or fake
1: an orgasm so we or, can or, finish it quickly.
0: Exactly. So I think find other ways to connect with each other and have sexually and intimately in a way that's kind of pressure-free. You know, could it be like a sensual massage? Could it be even like mutual masturbation? Could it be, you know, using a sex toy with each other? try to inject novelty into that experience as well so that it becomes pleasurable for both of you and it is sex that is worth craving because that's the thing as well with low desire. Perhaps you're just not having the kind of sex that she is desiring.
1: I think that the point of this idea of responsive desire is for women to get in the mood, we need to create anticipation. So if all the sex is like, okay, we're in the kitchen, we're having dinner, let's go and have sex. You just go straight into bed, rip your clothes off, (laughs) spread your legs, and two minutes later, one of you or both of you come. It's just like, you know what? I I haven't even gotten in the mood. I'm not even thinking about sex. So I'm forcing my body to, you know, it's like to to take another analogy. It's like plumbing. (laughs) Cleaning the pipes, literally. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not what sex is about, you know. I like to think of sex, like to take an analogy from sport, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yeah. Like really, let's go the distance. And yeah. that distance can start in the morning with a, mm. hey, I can't wait to have sex with you tonight. You yeah. know, you can, you can build that anticipation. Yeah. You can say, hey, why don't we meet in the bar and we pretend we're strangers. Yeah, And we just build that whole story around it. I agree. Because... God, if it's like, bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, (laughs) the ma'am is, like, really not going to be very grateful. No. So, also, I think in in order to have a conversation, the question that I think is always very powerful that a partner can ask is, like, how can I make this more interesting for you? Mm -hmm. What can I do to build the story? You know, what do you need to be more into it? Mm -hmm. And really, I make a point of always saying to my clients, look be very clear with your partner that you are not in this for the orgasm. Mm. I can always get a much faster, much more uh, intense mm. orgasm with my toys than I can with my partner. Yeah. But that does not remove the need to have sex with my partner at all. Yeah, Because that part is the connection, is the... The intimacy that we're building is yeah. the time that we spend together. It's quality time and the physical touch and the amazing chemistry of drugs that you feel in the yeah. body when you spend more than two minutes in bed. Yeah. But it's in the head, not between the legs. Yeah.
0: It, it just doesn't sound very connected right now. It just sounds like plumbing.
1: Yeah. So... Yeah, so work on the intimacy work aspect, the intimacy and aspect. communication, yeah. and exploring fantasies, and and developing your imagination Absolutely. and her imagination, and work with her to create foreplay. Yeah. Because it sounds like they're missing foreplay altogether. It, yeah.
0: And and as you say, 24-hour foreplay, right? Not just uh, foreplay right before the intercourse, act of intercourse no, itself. Let, not,
1: let me just kiss you on the forehead and then bang.
0: <laughs> I think that's very important because also, you know, make sure you're having lots of physical touch. This is what I would say for number one question as well. So make sure that, okay, even if you can't, go through like the full intercourse, you don't have time. But make sure you're always touching each other Harding because with that, you, you also build oxytocin and you are building that you know intimacy. Physical
1: intimate connection. Physical
0: intimacy, yeah. And it will probably also help you get in more in the mood for sex as a result. For sure. Okay, next question. I always found myself thinking of sex as something performative and for my partner's pleasure rather than myself. However, recently my partner expressed that he derives pleasure from giving me pleasure or making me get off. And he doesn't feel like he's doing his job. I have only orgasmed once, and that was with my previous partner. And when my partner asked me what I want... I find myself not knowing what I want as well. So is there anything that can help him or me? Please help. I love him but our sex life seems to be affecting our relationship.
1: First of all, the idea that sex is about giving, mm-hmm. whereas to me sex is about giving and receiving, mm-hmm. being allowing yourself to receive pleasure is such an important part yeah. of being in a sexual relationship. Yeah. And you know, they've done surveys around the world that A man's biggest fear is that he's not going to be able to satisfy his partner. Mm -hmm. So what men really, really want is to please us. Mm -hmm. We have this idea that men are very orgasm, their own orgasm oriented Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. selfish. Mm -hmm. But I know so many men, even last week at one o'clock in the morning, I was having a text conversation with someone who said, my partner, my future wife never wants me to go down on her. She's never had an orgasm. She's not allowing it. And she wants me to marry her, but I don't want to marry someone who's never going to give me the pleasure of giving her pleasure. Mm -hmm. And he was really, really distressed about it. And he was like, but I don't want to tell her this because then she's going to say, why didn't you say this to me before? So anyway, it was like a long story, but very similar to this from a man's perspective. Mm -hmm. So definitely lots of things you can do uh, (laughs) about this. So it's definitely not how things need to be at all. Mm -hmm. The very first one is to understand that Receiving pleasure is a fundamental part, or allowing yourself to receive pleasure is a fundamental part of your sexuality as Mm -hmm. a person, whether you're a man or a woman. I find that women have more problem with this. Yes. I think partially because… I think
0: we're socialized. We're
1: socialized to focus on the male pleasure
0: yeah yeah i mean so many reasons maybe women don't really understand their bodies that well because you know our anatomy tends to be hidden there are so many messaging growing up around female sexuality and the lack of understanding around that and that don't be slutty don't be you know all of that plays into it pleasure
1: is a sin
0: pleasure is a sin yeah so Good girls don't do that. Good girls don't do that. Oh yeah, I got that one quite a lot. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you've had a bit of that. Yeah, so I think it's really up to you to actually explore what sex means to you. And what I would do is actually not so much worry about what he's thinking at the the point of time, but actually just focus on doing some inner self-exploration Exactly.
1: Why are you so focused on giving yeah. and why is receiving so difficult for mm-hmm. you? Because it is a difficulty that we often have as women, mm-hmm. not just in bedroom, mm-hmm. but we are, as you say, socialized to be givers, yes. to please everybody else around us and to put ourselves last. Mm -hmm. So it's just not knowing that we deserve, it's it's that whole question of, do I deserve love? Do I deserve pleasure? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to allow myself this? Because so many people think that we're not supposed to. So first of all, it's this, why am I not allowing myself to receive pleasure and Mm -hmm. love? Mm -hmm. The second one is, what do I really want? Obviously, the self-pleasure, the self-exploration, because if you find yourself not knowing what you want, who's going to tell you if you're not trying things out?
0: Yeah. Right. But I think that what sex means to you is really important because right now she's defining what sex means really because to her partner, right? She's just doing it because he wants to do it and therefore is a It means pleasing other person. Exactly. It means pleasing somebody else. Whereas I think it's so important to define what sex means to you. What are you getting out of it?
1: So, there's a lot of power in giving pleasure, mm-hmm. but there is more power in balance, mm-hmm. in giving and receiving, and knowing that just as you g- enjoy giving pleasure, he also would enjoy giving you pleasure back. Yeah. And that is the whole being worthy, mm-hmm. feeling worthy. Yeah. Um, the second part of this is actually working with your partner to explore your desires, yeah, and just saying to him, "Look, I, I really don't know what I want, but can we go on a voyage of discovery together? can mm. I will make an effort to allow myself to explore my sexuality, mm. and you are my teacher. We can teach each other mm-hmm. things. I mean, that is such a beautiful conversation to have, which can lead to so that's many exactly adventures right.
0: and I would advise actually, you do some of that yourself, you know oh,
1: that's a must,
0: yeah, without even asking him to do it with you. So, I think it's to actually just discover your own body, you know, spend time with awareness, like thinking about firstly, like what is the kind of sex that you enjoy? And so she said that she's had an orgasm once with a previous partner. What happened during Sounds that? Sounds like it was an accident. Yeah, exactly. But But what happened? Like what were the conditions that, Enabled her to have an orgasm in that way and
1: really be aware of that. And then we all know that you have to allow that to happen. So she must have allowed it in some way. And then
0: why since then has she not had an orgasm? Like so think about the reasons there as well. You know, is it a mindset thing? Is it she's not being stimulated correctly or whatever? So that's probably the first thing I would do to actually give her a clue into
1: knowing what she wants? I would say from personal experience, when I was young, mm. I used to believe that it's very hard to orgasm or that I can't orgasm. Mm-hmm. So I kept telling myself that, you know, mm-hmm. even when I was with partners who were like desperately, desperately, like, no, 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 let me try, let mm-hmm. us do it. I was like, no, no, no it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And guess what? It didn't happen. Yeah. Until I learned to say to myself it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's possible. I'm allowing my body to have this experience. So part of it, it could be her own mindset and rejection of the idea that she can have one. Every woman can have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Lots of them. But you have to, you know, if you can, it doesn't sound like she Mm self-pleasures. No, that's
0: the other thing I would say as well. You you know, find a way to self-pleasure and Learn how to have your own orgasm reliably. Take responsibility for your own pleasure, right?
1: That's what we call it. it. That's exactly what I said, yeah. And it's okay to experience pleasure. Oh my God, it is why we're here. Yeah. We are here to have that experience on this planet. I mean, not in this room.
0: (laughs) But once you understand that about yourself with self-pleasure, then you'll be able to tell your partner what you want, which is what, you know, she's like, I don't know what I want, right? But when you self-pleasure and when you realize how you are able to bring yourself to an orgasm reliably, you know, whether that's with manually or with a toy or whatever, you'll be able to then tell your partner, okay, this is what I like. And then you can go on a further journey of exploration and discovery together.
1: So I think an interesting uh, game that you can play with your partner if, if you are inexperienced and you mm-hmm. don't know. So it's a game of... um asking your partner to really touch you everywhere on the body Mm -hmm. in many different ways to Mm -hmm. explore and really to say, okay, on a scale of one to 10, if you kiss me, I'm going to tell you, I feel, I don't know, eight. (laughs) I feel the uh, the excitement. I feel my heart beating faster to the level Mm -hmm. of eight. If you touch my ears, I feel like too yucky. I don't oh, like that. Yeah. Like if you go down and kiss my my mm-hmm. neck, mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, wow, that's really exciting. <laughs> if you kiss me, I don't know, underarm, that's like uh, a bit yucky because maybe I think I okay. smell. I don't know. But then if you just yeah. uh, pass your fingers lightly over my nipples, that's yeah. like, wow, mind blowing. Because that way both you and your partner can create a map to your body. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing for a woman to be touched in many different ways. And you know, I do this with male partners as well yeah. sometimes. You know, because I think so it's part it of that.
0: Both ways, I like that game as well. But my variation on that game is usually like, "Would you rather?" Hmm. So it's a kind of like, okay, if it's like kissing, it's like, "Would you rather I kiss you really hard?" You know, or soft,
1: or really soft.
0: Hmm. You know, and then
1: they're it, beautiful ways of doing
0: it. Exactly, and and also it's easier than just saying, oh, what do you like? What do you want? Which is a, can be quite a big question, to be honest. Of course. But if it's more like, okay, would you rather I kiss you hard or would you rather I kiss you soft and mm-hmm. then show each type, then they can just, it's very easy to then be exactly. able to pick, oh, I, I like hard.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And then, and then like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Right? So when you, let's say, you do this exploration of someone's body and mm-hmm. then, I don't know, is it that you're touching their penis lightly? Uh, And Mm. do they find that exciting Mm -hmm. or do they like a harder grip, for example, Mm -hmm. or do they like to, to have, you know, the tip of the penis stimulated with the tongue or is it more of a shaft thing? I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. once you know your partner, you probably know how the partner responds to your touch, Mm -hmm. but you don't allow him to explore the same thing. So the poor guy is sitting there going, oh my God, she's giving me all this pleasure. And I like, I have no idea what to do to her. That makes a man feel so insecure. Oh, yeah. And makes him yes. feel so sad yeah. that he cannot give you that pleasure. And it will impact your relationship in the long run mm-hmm. because the person is going to say, well, I want to give. Yeah. I'm a giver.
0: That's part of intimacy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really important part of your sexual development Perfect. to allow this. So go for it.
0: Go for it. Explore away. (laughs) Next question. I used to enjoy sex, but lately I find myself avoiding it because it feels like too much hard work. I focus so much on not coming too fast that it then takes me ages to get there and I sometimes just give up. I know my partner wants more sex, but I really find any excuse I can to avoid it because it makes me more tired and gives me very little pleasure what can I do
1: to learn to enjoy it again I think this is a perfect segue to the previous question because it's kind mm-hmm. of the male perspective. Yeah. Right? Uh, the This
0: person sounds like a very in your
1: head. In very much. In his head. And, and very much performance driven.
0: Not very in his body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, the obvious, you know, performance mindset where my job as a man mm-hmm. is to please my partner. My job as a man is not to come too fast because I will disappoint her. Yeah. So it shows all the three different, the biggest fears that men have in the bedroom that I, she's not going to think I'm good enough yeah. that I can't last long enough for her and I can't please her or pleasure her mm-hmm. enough so it becomes the pressure the it, performance anxiety
0: yeah and it becomes like
1: work it becomes like work so yeah. it's like because I actually had the conversation with this person to discuss this mm-hmm, question mm-hmm. and I said is it does it feel too tiring because you're expanding too much energy? Mm -hmm. Or or like, you know, like obviously for men, orgasm is an energy expansion that makes them tired. He says, no, 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 it's not even that. It's the fact that I have to work so hard to make her come, to stop myself from coming. Mm -hmm. And then I take two hours before I come again. But... I don't really want to stop because I think sex is all about orgasm. So I said to this person, so what if it wasn't? Yeah. What if it was just a matter of spending quality time together and pleasing each other Mm -hmm. in other ways, like Mm -hmm. the whole exploration, the whole body? He was like, wow. you just blew my mind (laughs) exactly the words he used right he's like what do you mean sex without orgasm i'm like Mm -hmm. well exactly that sex for the purpose of connection for the purpose of the experience for kissing for touching for hugging for feeling you're close to this person for looking Mm -hmm. into each other's eyes and breathing in the same rhythm this is what intimacy and connection is is that Two seconds of pleasure at the end or 10 seconds, whatever, if you're on the lucky Mm -hmm. side, on the girl side, Mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's what we've made sex to be, but it doesn't have to be that. So really, actually, just this was a major shift for this particular person because, you know, it was like, wow, okay, now I can just approach sex without this. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be horrible because it's going to take me ages. I
0: think that's very important. I think what I would also say is to really stop being so in your head and really focus on just the sensations that you are experiencing in the body. It's kind of like a practice of mindfulness, to be honest. Because if you're constantly thinking, am I going to come too soon? It's not going to Am I, I going to, whatever. You, it really disconnects you from the experience. Exactly. So what I would say is to actually really focus in on... What am I feeling? What am I touching? And really put your mind and connect it to your body that and present. Be present in the moment. And I think that will increase your the pleasure that you will have. And not being so outcome focused as well is really important. And another thing I would suggest is probably to introduce more playfulness. You know, I mean, the thing is, it sounds like hard work because you made it a chore. You made exactly. I mean, why not do some? You know, again, not orgasm dependent, but you know, why not do some role play? Why not do some? You know, says use a sex toy where you're like. A, pleasuring her all over her body or something like that. Change
1: location. Change, you don't have to exactly. have sex in bed. I think
0: I think there's a lot that you can do to be more playful with it. And I think that's also a mindset shift, you know, to think about sex as as playtime. And, you know, and when you actually think about little kids and they go to like a, a playground, right, it's not like, I'm going to the playground so I can go into like one slide. That's it. It's actually, they can go to the playground and they can play on the slide, they can play on the swings, they can play on sandbox or whatever. And actually the whole point of it is that they just went to the playground and exactly. it was fun. And there wasn't like a particular outcome. Um, we went there that to play. We weren't
1: there to play that game.
0: Exactly. Play that game. We just went there to play. And I think... Looking at sex with that metaphor could be very helpful for you and just being more playful. Like, just do stuff which is sex can be silly, you know? Sex can be fun. Like, it should be. It should be. You know, sometimes you can, like, be laughing and go sex toy shopping and go, uh, you know, find like the weirdest toy that's in the shop and bring it back and find ways of using it. You know, like just stuff like that. Just, Remote like,
1: control vibrators. Correct. I'm just in love like, with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah.
0: So stuff like that. I, I,
1: just a lot more playfulness in this one would be good. Exactly. And really don't think of it as work. Yeah. It is not about it's not a job you have, yeah, it is not a job to please your partner, we're yeah. in this together, yeah, when we're in bed. it's not about your job is to make me come, and your oh. job is not to come too fast, yeah. or whatever no, it's about hey, why don't we just enjoy this moment yeah i mean i I really
0: think sometimes people take sex so seriously mm-hmm. when actually sometimes sex can be a laugh, you know, you are just like. So silly things go wrong all the time and noises noises weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, periods yeah. like suddenly Ooh, start happening all kinds bleeding. of things Oops. Exactly it's it's just to be more lighthearted with the whole thing you know sex is awkward it's messy it's all of those things that that's what makes it wonderful
1: Exactly the word yeah. that was in my head is so wonderful it it really is the whole the whole <laughs> playground and children analogy yeah. seems a bit weird in the context of sex but <laughs> But But you know what I mean, right? Like it is approaching it with the mindset of a kid, which mm -hmm. is all about wonder and and curiosity, and and just it's fun, it's playful, it's just there to please us.
0: And exactly, and don't you don't have to be so super stuck in a certain expected way of what you think sex is supposed to be. It's only work if you're a
1: sex worker. And even then, you can still make it fun. Well, (laughs) how many of us actually love our jobs? I love my job every day. Exactly. I mean, we do talk about sex all the time in my job, so it's always fun.
0: (laughs) Perfect. So the last question I think is related again to the question before; it has very similar themes. My wife and I have been trying to have a baby for the last seven months. We've always had a great sex life and I have always been able to get aroused quickly and have sex for hours. Lately though, things have not been going very well. I am really having trouble getting hard and even when I manage, it tends to only last for a short time. I don't understand why this is happening. I really want to get my wife pregnant, but it seems my body disagrees. Please help.
1: Oh, I think this last statement says it all. I really want to get my wife pregnant means, oh, it's a job. It's a task I have. I have to perform. Your body disagrees because your body doesn't want this to be a job. Your body is saying, why don't we play with your wife again? Exactly. So there's a lot of very similar
0: themes, I think, to the former question where when we start to view sex as a job and we become extremely outcome oriented and it becomes a chore, we just lose the fun of it and and therefore we lose the desire and the arousal.
1: That comes and and the body sex doesn't respond very well to this. It does respond gun well to, to the pressure. Head. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have to come now. You have to come. Like, and it's true that when you're trying to conceive, mm. it can be the outside pressure of, you know, like, oh, is she gonna get a period this month? Is yeah. she not gonna get a and period? Then, you know,
0: sometimes it can be like have sex at the right time, and yeah. then we need to roll over after that, check the temperature,
1: and all of that. The so the process is not great.
0: It can, yeah, take away from the fun of it, yeah.
1: But ultimately, you know, getting pregnant is actually a very natural process if you go with the flow and if yeah. her body and your body are not ready you know what you can stand on your head and mm-hmm. swing from the chandeliers to have a baby but that's probably not gonna work so just allow it i know so many people who've been trying and trying and trying and nothing happened and they've done ivf and mm-hmm. they've kind of tried to force it yeah and then when they given up and they sort of went out and got drunk and they were like yeah screw that, let's just, I don't care if if the ovulation calendar says (laughs) that this is the right time or Mm -hmm. I'm standing on my head, Mm -hmm. let's just have sex for the fun of it and they got pregnant. Yeah, And that was this allowing yourself and the body to believe that, hey, you know what, we're just doing this for fun.
0: Yeah, I totally agree as well. And one of the recommendations or advice I would give to this person is to actually have sex Outside of the time that you are trying to get your wife pregnant, actually just have sex whenever you whenever feel like you it. feel like it. Exactly. To be honest, like, and I know that when you're trying to get pregnant and stuff, you're always trying to make sure it's you know within the ovulation time and all of that. Whereas I would say just be more free with when you have sex. Again, same point about being more playful. You know, how can you? you know, find ways to switch things up and make things fun so that both of you want to have sex as well.
1: I think, you know, the science can sometimes be an impediment. Knowing too Mm. much actually means that we're really stopping ourselves from a process that has been going on very, very well for many, many people Mm. for centuries. Like people have been getting pregnant without any problems since humankind was born. Mm. And we didn't need Watches and thermometers Tem- and stuff. Yeah. Or, but we just have, we trusted and we just loved and we just enjoyed the pleasure. And yeah, yeah you know, some people don't have children in their thirties. That's okay. Yeah. And some people get, you know, I always laugh about this with my girlfriends. Like, you know, it seems that your twenties and thirties, you spend all your time trying not to get pregnant. Yeah. And then after 35, you do everything you can and you're completely crazy trying to get pregnant. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Like, look at the the science of fertility. Like, all these things that you do to not get pregnant. Mm. And then there are all these things that you do which is completely the opposite. It's essentially doing all the stuff that you were doing, but in reverse. Yeah. But it's it's in our head.
0: It is in our head, but it's also in our bodies because they're all connected. And when you think about things that affect fertility, things like stress, pressure, like, I think not having that pressure on both partners is actually quite essential in order for you to create the right conditions to actually even have a baby
1: exactly because if the woman thinks oh my god oh my god i'm I'm not it's not gonna happen it's not gonna 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 happen happen. guess what the body is getting the message it's not gonna Mm -hmm, happen mm -hmm. so you have to kind of stay positive yeah i I hate these words in a way because people misinterpret them Mm -hmm. just staying positive doesn't actually get you pregnant yeah you do have to have sex enjoyable sex fun sex and just again not be attached to the outcome Mm -hmm. you know you will get pregnant whenever your body is ready agree just allow it to be ready instead of saying must happen now because i'm 34 (laughs) and my biological clock is ticking and my mother had a baby by 24 so i'm too old when you put that to the body to the mind in this frame it's like you know what I'm not going to do that. There's
0: just a lot of pressure and stress. and Even this thing with uh, I have trouble getting hard. And then when it does happen, it, it tends to only last for a short time. That's anxiety right there as well. So what happens is usually when you're trying, firstly, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get hard. And then when it's not getting hard then it's like a vicious cycle Psycho. kicks in because you're like you're looking at the your penis and you're like what why isn't it doing what, what i wanted to dude? do like exactly so your anxiety just doubles triples so what i would is also just say that if you are having problems getting hard it's, it's actually just to not think about it to be like okay this is just what's happening and it's fine we'll just do something else exactly. we'll just find something else to do for a while until it comes back But not worry about it and don't obsess about it because that could actually end up
1: meaning that you're conditioning your body, you're conditioning your
0: body and and therefore you've got that extra anxiety that has double, triple and therefore now that anxiety is causing you to last for only a very short time because you're already in that fight or flight kind of state of mind.
1: And you're also not focused in the present. Mm-hmm. Your anxiety means that you worry mm-hmm. too much or you fear what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you say, oh, my God, I'm not going to stay hard. I'm not going to stay hard. Mm-hmm. But you're either thinking of the past because last three times mm-hmm. you tried, it didn't work. Yeah. Or And then you kind of go, oh, shit, this is going to happen again. You're missing the point. You're yeah. not even looking at your wife. You don't admire her beautiful body. Yeah. You don't get aroused by the sight of her pussy. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of thinking, oh, my God, dude, why are you mm. not getting hard? So you're having and this actually, internal. And actually, if
0: anything your wife might also feel that pressure too Absolutely. and anxiety because then she's like why is he not getting hard i can see is him getting me? frustrated is it me if she's not attracted to me so it's really a terribly terribly vicious cycle of anxiety so honestly, that you goes should just get dressed on. go and have a drink
1: yeah and forget it
0: <laughs> or just do something else there's so many things that you can do without you know having the penetration all the time you know you find other ways to pleasure each other right and That's the thing, right? But when you are really trying to conceive, you know, people get very penetration focused because that's like, that's what it is. The
1: sperm needs to meet the egg. Exactly. (laughs) Let's push it in as fast as we can. (laughs) (laughs) Because
0: it's only like a short window.
1: But actually, no, we're making it sound so terrible to ourselves. Mm. And that's not what sex is about. No, no. Not at all. So thank you so much, Valentina,
0: and to all of you who submitted your questions to us. I hope that we were able to answer your questions satisfactorily and that you learned a lot. So mismatched libido is actually one of the most common challenges that couples face. So listeners, tell me what were your key takeaways after listening to this? How would you go about navigating a loss of desire or a mismatched libido with your partner? Find me at HelloSarahSense on Instagram or drop me a line at sarahsense.com. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you want more resources on the topic of libidos and desire, go to the Saracens blog. There's a bunch of articles on there, mismatched libidos, keeping the spark alive, sexless marriage, and so on. Read them, apply them, and learn from them so you can get better in bed. Thanks, everyone.